Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. Go. This is so weird. Yeah, we have to explain what's happened. We've, it's, I'm blaming another country. Can I be... I'm no, <laughs> no, say <laughs> nothing. specifically say who? Well, see, the weirdest thing has happened. So we're in at the radio station where I work, because this is where we record our podcast, and uh, everything's gone off. Everything. It's blown up. I can't even print the feedbacks. I can't print anything. It's off air. So instead of recording in microphones, we're recording on our phones. On our actual phones. Dee Dee's holding her phone and I'm holding my phone and then Kirst is going to merge the goodness. That's It's like knitting, <laughs> but digital knitting. Kirsten, you're a genius. We love you. This is, do you know why? Because we've had the luxury of recording in a studio. Most first-time podcasters don't have a full-on radio station to oh, record in. And are they in someone's? Are they sitting in a cupboard? Are you chewing, chewing? Um, yep. Is that appropriate and professional? So, I had a coffee, but it's so delicious. I love it. It's watermelon. What are you <gasps> no way! No, no way! No way! All right, I swear without a word of a lie. I'm driving into work today. I love I- everything watermelon. Well, I'm, I was eating, so I keep extra mints, you know, the little tin, yep. which thankfully they've now made into a bigger tin. Because you know when you hand them to someone and they try and take one out, the tin's too it's skinny small. Yeah, they put to get their fingers finger in. in there. Yeah, That's right. Gross. The tin's are bigger now, people mm. can get their fingers in easier. But I've got the watermelon mints. No, 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 no. I've got strawberry mint. The first time I bought them, I bought some watermelon and some strawberry ones. And? can't get the watermelon anymore. Oh, see? That's why I buy, you know, Carmex lip balm? Carmex? No, I don't Yeah, it's know delicious. It. And they did a limited edition watermelon. Ooh. And when I saw it, I bought four immediately. Oh. Because I get panicked. I have a watermelon face mask. I've got two of those. Love watermelon flavour. Mm. Oh, I just love it. I love it. There's a lovely lip balm, Alex Favola, Brendan Favola's wife, does oh, yeah. Runway Room Cosmetics. Her mm. lip glosses are so – I want to eat it. Watermelon. Well, I, I, I think it's watermelon. I don't okay. know. Um, we have quite a bit of feedback on the tea issue. The drinking tea? The vanilla tea. Oh, yes. Shall I? I had some just yesterday and then I spilt it all over the coffee table. I had some yesterday. The thing is now every time I have it, I think of you. Okay. This is Don't from Zara. It. Zara says, hola. Hola, Didi and Chanel. Excellent. Another person that's never writing into us ever again. I am messaging you from okay, the no, south. No, no, after you've done the order. From the south of Spain. Espanola, I'm messaging you from south of Spain. This is the you, You're actually doing a serious face. <laughs> when you're doing the accent too, like you're trying. I don't know if Sarah's what she's getting at here, but she's described it as a little white village called Coin. Sorry? A little white village called Coin between oh. Malaga and Marbella. Okay. Maybe you're on maybe you two are on the same level with the And says Sarah. I am drinking a tutu. <laughs> she wants oh, no, just go normal like now. Very normal. I am drinking tea to Melbourne breakfast while listening to this week's podcast. Insane. Yes, it is my absolute favourite too and I wouldn't leave Melbourne without it. So she must oh, take it with right, her. Right, got you. I wanted to let you know that my other absolute favourite vanilla tea is Dilmar Exceptional Range Rose and French Vanilla Flavour. Oh, I've seen the rose. The rose puts me off. Oh, okay. 
I'm nervous some... about it. I haven't had it. I just see it and I think, no. I love rose. I, I um... Rose is not for eating. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Because I was shopping at Leo's. They had a chocolate. It was on the cheap, you know, these things, a clearance table. I can't resist it. The packaging was beautiful. I can't resist it. <laughs> dark chocolate, which is my favourite, really dark bitter, but it had rose and something else in it. It's got actual rose petals in it. No, nah, it's not for eating. It's like daffodil. Are you eating No, that? daffodil's completely different. It's I don't like yellow very much. Okay. Uh, Zara says, I want to – oh, yeah, she said that. I already said that. Give it a try. It's up there with Melbourne Breakfast at a fraction of the price. Mm. I buy it online from the Dilmar website directly as it is difficult to find in supermarkets see, these days. the issue. Karen says, ladies, if you like vanilla tea, I can highly recommend this Australian tea, nice things, nice things. And she's given us the links to Narada Tea, Narada Tea Royal Devonshire. Is described as an, a quality Australian-grown, pesticide-free black tea, subtly flavoured with smooth vanilla, to provide the perfect accompaniment to any tea break. NaradaTea.com.au. I much prefer if you do that voice. I sound. I sound Over like the, I'm doing Hola, Espanol. <laughs> <laughs> Like oh. All that stuff you were doing before. Well, I don't know which one Sarah's real voice, but. She, you know. <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, hang on. This goes back to Zara's one. I've attached it to the wrong one. Zara said, don't get too far with the Espanol, Espanol accent, Edie. I live in Port Melbourne and very often take the 109 train with Grubby. He's my co-host. See, this is her problem. She needed to put the disclaimer at the start of the email, not at the end. If you're going to have an issue with an accent, put tell us at the start of the email. Yeah, it won't work. I, I'll do it. If, if I want to... Of accent, I will. My friend lives here in the south of Spain, and I visit for Righteous. all of September each year. Love the podcast and the banter you have with SV. That's you. Hasta luego. What does that mean? I don't know, but you've just said it, so I hope it's not rude. And there's one more from Tanya. Uh, ladies, nice things, nice things. Um, where we're talking about vanilla tea, she says, I've recently discovered the Madame Flavor range. I think those are the triangular tea bags, aren't they? Everyone's digging the half the price of the tea too. Yeah, tea too is expensive, but at the moment I feel like it's worth it. The only issue I have is it makes a very pale cup of tea. I I do love, though, that I thought we were waffling on a lot in that episode about tea, and now we've received three emails about it. So It happened. Validated. Thank you. All right. Who's going first today? I don't know who went first last. Uh, Kirsten, shouldn't you keep track of these things? What are you doing? What are you even doing? You're just sitting there. I'll go. You go. Okay. So we touched on uh, me doing stories that I'd covered in court Mm -hmm. and uh, by chance the next two stories I'll do are both murders and they're both love triangles. I never tire of it. (laughs) Me either. (laughs) But I think I genuinely think when I say it on the news I'm saying it like that. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because I can feel myself saying it. Anyway. So this is a story of a woman called Yu Tung Lo and two men, Daniel Jehovic and Paul Hogan. So I need to start the story by talking about Daniel. He is who I'll refer to as Jehovic. Okay. Um, he's 34 years old. He has children, but I won't talk too much about the children because I don't really think they're relevant mm-hmm. um, to the crime, so I'm just going to leave them out. That's but he fair. is a father. Yep. Um, now, Jehovic and uh, Lo, they met online in an on an online chat called WeChat. Yeah. And some people might know about. They quickly became friendly and they had a brief sexual relationship. Uh, during that time... That's, that's 
I know, right? So I just imagine them going like rabbits. It was brief and sexual. <laughs> if that's how like it was a rabbit. described, like, like, that's how it was gone. described as well. Like, I looked that in the formal capacity, it was called a brief sexual relationship. It's a one-off, isn't hmm. it? During that time, she stayed uh, with him and his father. He took her to the family farm where he helped uh, teach her how to drive. And they also... um... That's more than a brief sexual relationship. Well, I know. It's confusing. This is why I looked into the brief sexual relationship. But I feel like it was a full-on moment. If you're going to the farm and handling somebody else's livestock, that's quite a commitment. Handling someone else's livestock. <laughs> you got a wanking story or not? No. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of a sentence with pork in it, but I can't go. Or, Keep going. Yeah. Um, they also fired guns at targets. Oh. He had several guns oh, that were registered. Yeah, I know, romantic. right? Um, there was nothing illegal about those guns or registered. Now, even though the relationship fizzled out, Jehovich was quite protective over Low, and she often still kept in touch with him when she needed help. She uh, is actually Chinese, but she came to uh, Melbourne from Hong Kong, and as part of her visa requirements, she needed to do rural work. Mm-hmm. So on February 27, 2016, uh, she found work in Shepparton, which is a rural, I don't know what area, what, is that? Oh, country Victoria. Country, it's yeah. country Victoria. And she went there to fulfill those requirements. While there, she met a man uh, called Paul Hogan online. Not g'day, I'm Hogs. No, I know. Took it's another really shrimp confusing. on the barbie. Yeah. Isn't it? It's always awkward when there's people in court who have famous people's names. Yeah. Happens a bit. Uh, in April 2016, she left Shepparton and moved in with Paul Hogan. Mm-hmm. So she's she gets right in there. Yeah. Yeah. So by this time, uh, Lowe and Mr. Hogan are in a full-on relationship, sexual relationship. But Why she's do we still... need to know about the sex? I don't know. Why it is formed it part of the... It's being mentioned, I'm saying it. I don't know. It formed part of the evidence that, okay. that she was in these intense relationships. Like they, were, they weren't just like a couple of dates. They were brief, but yeah, they were but sexual and intense and she was moving in with these men. But sex is something that can happen with someone you barely know. You know, I'm not saying that I do or you do, but sure. you know, you can sure. go into a nightclub, meet someone, have sex, go home, never see them again in your life. Yeah. I think the other things are more of an indication of the relationship. For instance, if she cooked dinner for him at home. Oh, I don't or, know that though. Or did he wash his clothes? Those well, are keep things going. That, okay. All right. You all right? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, Lowe is dating Mr. Hogan. They're in this full-on relationship, but she still maintains contact with Jehovich. Um, And she frequently spoke to Jehovich complaining about Hogan. Mm -hmm. So, she eventually uh, painted a picture to Jehovich that she was being treated badly by Hogan Mm. and a friend had said that he would often see Lowe and Hogan fighting but they still went on social outings together and were very much you know they were still living together and they kind of argued a bit um eventually Mr Hogan and Lowe arranged to to get married I've, it's thrown me because I've got Paul Hogan in my head. Stop thinking about it. No, Do but hang on. Paul. <laughs> no, and and I don't know if you have this detail, so sorry if you don't, but is is he much older than her or are they similar ages? Sorry, I thought we were back online. Anyway, um, he they're much – Oh, so Jehovich is 34? 
Yeah. Hogan is not. He's not like 70. No, 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 no. no, no. I made it up in my head. I just. I'm trying to mentally picture these people. And I'm picturing her doing his washing. I should have printed photos. Anyway, so. Hogan and Lowe arrange to marry, but of course she's here on a visa, so a marriage celebrant has to come and kind of interview them, and the celebrant is satisfied that this is a real marriage. Yeah. It's not just, you know, about the visa. Right. So Jehovich, however, knows nothing about their plans to get married and is in fact under the impression that uh, Mr. Hogan is a very dangerous man. Now, mm. he formed that view because Lowe told him, now this is where it could get a bit confusing, Lowe told Jehovich that Mr. Hogan had gone through her phone and taken copies of photos from it huh? that Jehovich had sent her of his daughter. So oh. Jehovich has sent photos of his daughter yeah, yeah, to yeah, Lowe. I get it. Yeah. And Lowe has said, oh, he's taken those photos. Um, and he, she tells Jehovich that Mr. Hogan has worked out where his daughter lives and paints this picture that Jehovich is like a pedophile. Oh, my God. Mm. Wow. So through Lowe, Jehovich began to believe that Mr. Hogan was assaulting her mm-hmm. and had threatened to rape his daughter. Oh, my God. If that gives you some yeah, kind of yeah. um, idea. Uh, on May 23, Jehovich and Lowe exchanged 216 text messages and they spoke over the phone. Now, in the course of those communications, Lowe said she wanted Mr. Hogan killed. Oh. She gave details of his physical appearance because you have to remember they've never seen each other, these two men. Why doesn't she just leave him? Why does she want him hmm. killed? Interesting observation. Uh, And she tells Jehovich the van that he normally drives. She wrote in a text message at around 8 o'clock that night, I want to kill it, to which Jehovich replied in two consecutive messages, don't talk silly stuff and just say hate. Lowe's reply... Is this their version of let's disguise this so the cops won't know what we're talking about? I think so. I mean, couldn't she have said, I'm going to... Eradicate. I want the weeds eradicated from the garden. I know they're discussing the code words. I want to in the sequence it. of text mm. in the sequence of text messages. Could she be talking about? Um, so he says, "Don't talk silly stuff. Just say hate." She replies, "Nah, I seriously want it dead." It. Oh, it. what could she be talking about? We wonder. <laughs> At ten twenty-three p.m. p.m., Jehovich sent a message asking Lowe if she was okay. She responded, "I'm okay, thanks." The following morning. On May 24, at 6.48, Lowe sent a text message to Jehovich alleging that she had been beaten up by Mr. Hogan and asking him to pick her up from his house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, This message was followed by a phone call to the same effect in which she said she did not feel safe to remain there. She said Mr. Hogan was at the house and she wanted him killed. She also said he had plans to rape and kill Jehovich's daughter. She told him that Mr. Hogan was a pedophile and that his daughter was at risk. It was in response to those urgent claims Mm. that Jehovich decided to go there and he took a gun with him. 
So you can imagine the kind of state of mind, I guess. She has stirred such rage in him. Correct. And that, that whatever that primal instinct is to Absolutely. protect. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So on his way to the house, he has I mean, a, having said that, I don't excuse him because you have no, to. Con- it's very interesting, yeah. all the things you're saying. Because it's, it's very Thanks, much. Chanel. Uh, no Thank worries. You. Very interesting commentary from you, Dee Thank you. Well done. Um, no, um, because it's something that's brought up in sentencing. Okay. So oh, all okay. the questions that you're um, raising of Judge Didi yes, in the house. Very valid. Doing it. So he's in the car with a gun on the way there. Um, during that f- drive, they have another conversation, and uh, it's during that conversation that Jehovich asks Lowe if this was the only time she had been raped by Mr. Hogan, and she said no. When asked why he couldn't have picked her up the previous night, she responded that he, being Hogan, had taken her phone. Now, the messages between the pair from that point on show Lowe warning Jehovich that Mr. Hogan was about to leave the house Mm. and telling him to be careful. And in that conversation, she's saying he's got a witness with him because he, Mr. Hogan, is leaving the house with a friend. Um, Jehovich then uh, asks Lowe, you know, says, when I get there, you need to point out which one Hogan is. Oh, so he hasn't even clapped they've eyes never, on him. No, they've never seen each other. They've got no idea what the other one looks like. They've never had a conversation, these two men. She is literally the the middle point between these two men. That's so interesting. Isn't so it's it? not the man himself. It's the concept of the man and the story it's of the, the man that he's angry that with. is in his mind, yeah. which has been entirely built by Lowe. Yeah. Yeah. So when Jehovich arrived, Lowe was standing on the front lawn with her belongings placed in the driveway and they were behind uh, Mr. Hogan's van. Yeah. So all her stuff's on the driveway. Mr. Hogan was intending to drive his friend uh, to a railway station and he was trying to leave while Lowe was in the process of moving out. As he began to reverse his van, he ran over her belongings, which she had placed in the driveway. Depends what was there. It's really important to say at this point, though, it's not known if he intentionally did that mm. or if he just didn't know that she'd put all her stuff behind his van. Mm. Either way, he was running over her belongings when Jehovich turned up. Okay. So he's already angry. Yeah. He turns up and sees this guy reversing over her. all of Lowe's belongings. Right. What her underpants or what yeah, she got there. All her stuff. You know? Boxes of stuff. Makeup. Yeah. Okay. All her things. Is that such a big deal? Well, it's I just think just stuff. It's just stuff. But say, I'm, you know, we're purely speculating at this point, but say he didn't mean to run it over. Yeah. But you're Jehovich. Yeah. And you see that. Yes, it looks worse than it is. It's just like yeah. setting a trigger off in your mind. Don't right? you? Be touching my woman's throw pillows. It's like evidence of everything that she's right. told you. It like okay. it's, you know, rubber stamping it almost. So Jehovich parked behind Hogan's van, got out with a shotgun. Lowe said to him, He's in the van. Jehovich walked up to the driver's side with no walk I'm gonna say that a bit again. Lowe said to him, he's in the van. Don't edit that out. No, I want to say it. No, because in the last episode there was a bit of me saying edit that cursing and didn't she edit it? She didn't edit it. She just left it there, (laughs) me being an idiot. Jehovich (laughs) walked up to the driver's side window and fired directly at Mr. Hogan's face. 
The shotgun blast was to the head of Mr. Hogan and pallets from that shot also struck the hand of his friend who was in the passenger seat. The friend ran from the van Mm -hmm. in terror, just left. Hogan is dead. Following the shooting, Lowe got into Jehovich's car uh, and he helped her collect what was remaining of her things. So Hogan's just dead in the van. They're gathering up all her things. She told him she had been assaulted and raped multiple times by Mr. Hogan and his housemate. Can I add something in there? Mm. If you've been raped by someone, Mm. when do you go to the police? Yeah. Do you wait until multiple times or do you... Had she told anyone or reported it to anyone? I don't believe so, no. No, just, okay. Mm. Jehovich took Lowe to her workplace and then to the residence of one of her friends. He then changed cars and drove Lowe to the Alfred Hospital and then followed her on to the Royal Women's Hospital where she was referred to go. Mm -hmm. In the aftermath of the shooting, Jehovich began to doubt whether Lowe had been truthful in what she was saying Ooh. about Mr. Hogan. I wonder what made him start to... Jehovich told police to he think. had been thinking all night about killing Hogan because of the things he had been told by Lowe, but he's also said that he wasn't sure if when he got there he was actually going to follow through mm. with his thoughts. In his sentencing, the following was said. Since being charged with murder and having had time to reflect on what took place, you have come to realise that you were misled into committing a dreadful act. You fully accept that you must face the consequences of your rash and foolish deeds. You are aware of the enormity of the loss suffered by those who have been impacted by your criminal and wrong-headed actions. A man has lost his life because of you. The judge said the circumstances of the murder were unusual and there were no other cases like it. <laughs> she sentenced him to 15 years with a minimum of 11. Mm-hmm. Story doesn't uh, end there. And, and is that a reasonable sentence? I mean, it does sound it if you've killed I think someone. so. You still walked up to someone and you fired a gun at yeah. point blank range. And obviously I've just taken out a, a little bit of... Of that, um, but it wasn't sentencing. in self-defence or anything. It, it wasn't was, in self-defence, yeah. and yeah. they said that he had the capacity to understand, even though he had been painted this picture yeah. by Low, he knew wrong from right. Yes, okay. and he had the capacity to understand that. But of course, the story doesn't end there. There is still, you know, what happens to Yu Tung Low, who is essentially the puppet master of this whole mm. murder. So, unbeknownst to Jehovich, Lowe had scoured the internet looking for men. She met five online and one of them was him, but she also met Paul Hogan. And as I said earlier, they'd moved in together really quickly. Um, And this whole time that she's telling Jehovich all these awful things about Hogan, he was often cooking for her and was trying to... There it is, there's the cooking. ...and trying to learn how to speak Cantonese. Oh, which wouldn't be easy because look at me trying to Correct. have a go at other languages and getting yep. yelled at for it. Jehovich wasn't the only man that Lowe had spoken about killing Hogan with. She tried to convince another man she met online to do it, but he wouldn't. And it was just really unfortunate that Jehovich was the one who was foolish enough to believe her. So what happens to her? She can't get away with this, can she? The judge said to her, Yes. I'm not satisfied that you were the victim of any sexual abuse, but you are a manipulative person. Yes. She went on to say she didn't believe that Lowe was remorseful at all. 
she was jailed for 21 years <gasps> with a minimum of 17. So she got more than Jehovich. Goodness. The judge said he accepted that she wasn't the murderer, but she was the driving force behind it. Wow. And there really is no question about that, is there? It's incredible. She Gosh. didn't even, she never killed anyone, but she did. Manipulated. Well, I suppose it's no different to mm. hiring a hitman. Yeah. Even though, even though she never didn't pay. Um, yep. Uh, Joe, I'll never pronounce his itch. Yeah. Itchy man. Who's itchy man? Jovovich. Oh, Jehovich. Jehovich. Yeah. Jehovah's. Yeah. I know. I I, I actually, he, I I kind of feel bad for him. I don't because you can walk away. I know. uh, He killed someone and that's terrible. I should never feel sorry for anyone that's killed anyone. But I did think he was so manipulated. He sounds very gullible. Yes. Yes. Yes, and you can't do that. I mean, I, know, I just know even with um, the rules of broadcasting, you can't incite people to hatred or to do things. No. You're not allowed to do that. No. And But, wow. Yeah, so she, he got... Was she attractive? I'm just thinking, what's her hold over these guys? Um, well, I think it was the sex. I, I'm just about to say, we're going back to the sex again. Yeah. It's not that she's doing his washing his underpants I think for it him. Was or... the, I think it was the sex and mm. the the passion in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Mm. Horrid call little her a madam. Yeah, she is. No, that makes her sound too exciting. She's not. She's a skanky she? little manipulator. Mm. Yeah. So wow. he got 15, she got 21. Fair enough too. And rightly so. Is it my turn, Chanel? Go ahead. Okay. I've got a fun fact kind of a okay. story for also, you. Also, quick fun fact. Yes. The station's still offline. Okay. And we're still recording on our phones. phones. Is your hand getting sore? Mine is. We should have. See, if we had our headphones, we could have just plugged them in. I never talk and hold the phone up to my ear. No, I use earpods. Yep. That's what AirPods. I do. Airpods. Yep. I don't know what their actual name is. The connected with the wire ones or the no, wanker ones? the wanker ones. <gasps> Do you use them? Yeah, oh I use God. the wanker ones all the time. Do you clip your keys to your belt and walk along jangle jangle? No, <laughs> I don't, but I can use the wanker ones, but my hair covers my ears so you can't see that I'm using them. That is and like I find next it level good, wankery. They're a real good F-off magnet. So oh, I put no. them in on public transport and then that way people don't talk to you. Yeah. They know you know you're... why they won't talk to you? Because they think you're an absolute fucking tosser with you. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm just communicating <laughs> with the planet Zorg. Yeah, I'm um, just got a message coming through from, you know, headquarters. I don't pat them or anything. You know, like you can tap them to answer your Security. Thing. I don't do that. Yeah, it says someone to the left of you're the You're so judgy. You should get them and you'll <laughs> see how they change your life. No. Not doing it. No, doing it. Okay, so we had a message from Brendan. Uh, He said, hi, ladies, nice things, nice things. Not sure if it's something you want to cover, but have you read about Henrietta Lacks? No. Have you? L-A-C-K-S, not L-A-X. He said there is a good book, and I now believe there's also a movie, which I'm not entirely sure about, called – oh, there must be because he gives me the name of it – The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. Okay. Uh, Loved the podcast banter and the interruptions see Brendan likes interruptions oh still cut up about the hiding place too simple thank you Brendan so Henrietta Lacks well 
Henrietta Lacks was born in 1920 in Roanoke in Virginia in America. Mm. When she was four years old, her mother died giving birth to her 10th child. That birth canal. That's what I was thinking about when I made that noise. I was thinking about it. That is like a Burke Street. You could drive oh, it. And especially right and now. Yes. I'm in that part where everyone's having children. Oh, okay. So everyone wants to talk about their birthing story. Yeah, because we're all traumatised about it. A hundred percent. stuff people don't tell you until oh. you do it. And then you go, why didn't you tell me that that was going to happen? I much prefer the stalk story. Just that's how babies are made. Cartoons. Uh, Henrietta's father, obviously that's 10 children. He's now got them all. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to care for them all by himself. It's a bit sad, actually. So he moved them to Clover, Virginia, and he farmed the kids out to relatives. So Henrietta ended up living with her grandfather, a man by the name of Tommy Lax. On January the 29th, 1951, she went to Johns Hopkins, which was the only hospital in that area that treated black patients. Right. Annoying. Yeah. Um, she described it, the, the reason she'd gone there as she felt a knot in her womb. Oh. And she had assumed that she was pregnant. What they found out, though, when they examined her was that she, in fact, had cervical cancer. Oh. And in 1951, the way, the way they treated that was with radium tube inserts, which I deliberately didn't Google because um, it, they're sticking something inside her and I don't want to know. I have a cervical cancer gene. Do you? Yeah. I That's just, not good. No, it's fine. Well, I, you get checked all the time. Yeah. yeah I I just have, you just have to get checked more frequently and then it could disappear. I've never understood why people have a problem with having having a pap smear done. I just, I'm seriously not. I just have a chat to oh, my I lovely think doctor. Some, and... it could, there could be cultural issues behind that, though. Oh, maybe. Got but then do you me. know how you get the Frankston cervical girl. cancer? <laughs> I'm like, oh, go for it, whatever. Well, when you give birth, seriously, you know there's people the... coming in out of the room. Wait, it's do you like... know how you get the cervical cancer thing? No. You get it from a man. Do you? Yes. Oh, that's really? how you. Yes, hmm. the men are the carriers of it. Didn't know that. They're just out there. Wow, bloody do, carriers. Because I know they do with thrush. Don't trust them. See, it's um, bullshit. Okay, I yelled so at Nicholas about it. Continue. You got very irate. Yeah, because I yelled. At, I was like, "You're a carrier." All the female parts. That was me after I did. <laughs> Who else am I had sex with? Obviously, has come from you. I hope so. That was me in that high pitch. <laughs> that was me. And my doctor was like, and uh, oh, whoever your, it would be from your sexual relationship that you have got this. And I was like, <laughs> do that. not say that. How dare you, doc? Um, so during her treatment for cervical cancer, Henrietta had to sample. Well, actually, no. She didn't know that these samples were being taken. Two samples were taken from her cervix okay. without her permission mm. or knowledge. No, I, so have, a, I just, have tilted cervix. I know that too. What is that? Every time you go for I go for a pap smear, they always like they're down there and they're like, oh, your cervix are a bit tilted. Like that's what they always say. A bit hard to get to. Left, right, backwards, forwards. I don't you know, know where it's tilting. What's that going to when a baby is in I don't there know. trying to get that's out? That's what they always say. Mm. Oh, just a little bit longer, Chanel. Your cervix are just a bit, oh, for Christ's sake. My whole life's on an angle, mate. That's, I wonder why. My That's entire odd, life is on an angle. So does Nico have to like lean to the side when he's... Well, we're not trying to make children, so right. no. 
Um, I think it's a bit rude, though. They can't be taking bits of her body without her permission or knowledge. But it was... 1920, was, right? Uh, 51. But this is oh. the... the oh, she was way, born, she was born in, in 21. Yeah. 20. Um, but this is the way they treated black people at the time. Like, they were just, you know... A, Didn't a, care. A, a, an experiment. Yeah. Um, Horrid. They took one sample that was healthy tissue. The other was cancerous. And these samples were given to a cancer researcher by the name of George Otto, and I'm going to presume it's Guy, G-E-Y, Guy or Gay? Gay, Uh, I reckon. Gay, okay, George Otto Gay. The cells from the cancerous sample eventually became known as the HeLa immortal cell line. Now, I'll get to what HeLa stands for, and I hope I did look it up. I think I did. Mm Mm-hmm. I assumed that the heat. I can't part... Google because we're using our phones. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I looked it up and I can't see it here. But anyway, so the reason that the he kept those sample, the, the cancerous sample was Henrietta's cells were unique in that for some reason in her body, these particular cells were reproducing at this incredibly high rate, something they'd never seen before and word had got around in the medical community. And so these cells that kept reproducing could be kept alive long enough to allow doctors time to examine them a bit more in depth Okay. because most cells when removed from the human body will die. Yeah. Um, Up until then, yeah, they're saying that cells that were used in lab studies only survive for a few days at Mm -hmm. most, and that wasn't long enough to perform some of the tests that they wanted to do on the same sample. But Henrietta's cells, for whatever reason... Were staying alive. Staying alive, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her cells Mm -hmm. were the first... Mm -hmm. Staying alive, staying alive. Okay, that was really good on behalf of all of us. Yes, that was really good. You said we didn't even look at each other. We just knew what was happening. And, uh, fun fact, dance too, didn't we? We Yeah. Henrietta's cells were the first that could be divided multiple times without dying, which is why they became as known as immortal. Right. Uh, HeLa cells, these ones, the HeLa immortal cell line, they were mailed to scientists around the globe for research into cancer, AIDS, the effects of radiation and toxic substances, gene mapping, countless other scientific uses. They were even used to test human sensitivity to tape and glue and cosmetics, all sorts of things that happen in our daily lives. These cells are the ones that they tested them on. They were stolen though. They were. HeLa cells were the first human cells that were successfully cloned Mm -hmm. in 1955. Since the 1950s, scientists have grown as much as 50 million metric tonnes of Henrietta's cells. What? That is unbelievable. Are you happy for your things to be stolen if it turns out like that? I reckon if they had asked her and said, this is what we're going, you've you've got this yeah. thing going on inside, um, can we use them? She would have probably given her permission. Mm. But that's incredible. That's it, it? The whole world has used them. And for things that we use, cosmetics and products that we use on ourselves, these are the cells that they test them on. So Henrietta died... On October the 4th, 1951, which was... um, But she's still technically alive. So it was January 1951 when she first went to the hospital. Yes, exactly. Uh, The autopsy that they did on her body in the October showed that the cervical cancer had 
metastasized. Oh, metastasized. Thank you. How do you know that word? I don't know. Wow. I don't know how I know that word. Well, it had. Does it mean spread? Yeah. Through her whole body. Neither Henrietta Lacks nor her family ever gave her physician's permission to harvest her cells. But as you just said, part of her lives on forever. And that is the extraordinary story of Henrietta Lacks who died but didn't. That's pretty good. It's kind of on the fringe of dead bodies, but it's just mm. such a cool story. And thank you, We've Brenda. done really good stories in this episode. We have. Well done, us. We've nailed it. Well, I changed stories midway through because when you were doing your one, I thought I'll do this one. a fun fact or kind mm. of one. Let's get into a little bit of feedback. Show. I've got from here. From here. From here. I've got Meg. Hi, guys. Nice things, nice things. Chanel's story about... Oh, her unfortunate holiday experience. <laughs> Is this the ranking man? Yes. Reminded me of my own story from my gap year. About five years ago, I was in Edinburgh. Edinburgh? Edinburgh. What did I say? Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Yeah. Exploring the city. I'm a big Harry Potter fan. Me too. And was told by someone the graveyard in the city is where J.K. Rowling got the inspiration for the name Tom Riddle. Oh. Tom Riddle is the um, Voldemort's real name. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I walked around the graveyard searching for said gravestone. After about 20 minutes, I found myself in an isolated corner and spotted a young man standing in front of a grave about 10 metres away. Mm -hmm. At first, I assumed he was visiting someone and kept walking. I'm getting panicked and kept walking (laughs) toward him until I noticed he was doing something with his hands. Oh, no, no, no. This is how it happens. Praying? No. To my horror. Clearly not. He was masturbating in front of a gravestone. That's kind of weird. It's Isn't a real it? horror when you realise. It's a real... Oh, when Kirsten's editorialising from the other side of the desk. It is gross, Kirsten. It's a real... Sh- you get shook about it. At this point, I turned around very quickly and ran away watch, and never... No, you don't. You know what you do? You glance from their eyes to their weenie and you go... <gasps> And then you see enough and you're just mortified. <laughs> Maybe I don't. Okay. Meg says, it was so disgusting, kind of funny, and a good gap year story to bring home. <laughs> On reflection, I probably should have told someone what I saw, but I was a bit, this is me in, Hawaii, in Honolulu when I was like looking at him and look, uh, disgusting and wanting to hit him with my bag and I just didn't do anything. <sighs> but I went back to my hostel to down a few beers and forget what I had seen. Clearly haven't because Meg. (laughs) Sorry to bring necrophilia into this again. Yes, Meg, you've done it. I know you're trying to get away from it, but I hope this story gives you a laugh. I'm secretly never trying to get away from necrophilia because I'm so fascinated by it. it. Love your work, but hate hate the Terry Bell. Oh, ding. Get rid of it. Interrupt each other to your heart's content. We can do that. We didn't do well not interrupting each other. No. Well, we realised when you weren't here, I was interrupting Kirsten, so it's me. It's not you. It's me doing the interrupting. It's me too, I think. I'm so glad someone sent us a wanking story. Thank you, Meg. (laughs) Thanks, Meg. Uh, This is from Casey who says, uh, Hi, Dee Dee, just to let 
uh, just a note to let you know I'm thinking of you and your Harvey. Oh, so, okay. Harvey Barker, the golden retriever. So this lovely house – so let's go back a little bit. We were given notice that we needed to think about putting him down and we yes. were given a time frame of one to two weeks and mm. we were all like howled with tears and refused. And a lovely house Corvette came to the house – Oh, my God. She was just had this beautiful energy. Presence. She was calm and lovely. Yes. Hello, and she, Didi. And she was sort of pressing on, press, oh. pressing on his pressure points. Take she even had, hobby. like, oils and things. Well, when he stood up, it was because previously, like, when he stands, when, he he, when he's not there. No. Oh. He's kind of all crooked and his little legs can't oh. hold him up. When she had done her little pressing and releasing his yeah. ligaments and stuff, he stood up straight. He he was standing like he was like five years younger. And as she was doing like pressing on his ligaments and his pressure points and stuff to make him feel better, he a couple of times he yawned and she said, oh, that's him like releasing the whatever it is. You I want to be her when I quit being a journo. She was the best. That's what I want to do. Something and she like sat that. in his bed, she said, which is a little bit smelly, and but she didn't even complain. I said, do you want me to get you a stool? And she said, no, I'm no, fine. No, that would be me. No, I don't care. Without complaining, sat on the dog bed, and she even finished with like some sort of yeah, essential to, oil things for him. See, she needed to get in his environment. Yeah. Be so one. He's, he's going along mm. okay. And, um, yeah, so for the, in the meantime, he's doing all right. I would be one of those women, though, but I would be one of those women that ends up on like – a comedy show where I go, now I'm just going to talk to your dog. Oh, and then they'd be going, she's nuts. And I'd be really into it. And I wouldn't know if the dog was benefiting from it, but it would My feel right. Boy dog. Did you, yeah. did you watch Summer, uh, not Summer Hearts High? What was the Chris Lilly one? With, with, that's what I mean. I'd end up in a Chris Reba, Lilly thing. Name? And then yes, they, the dog would start the like. The African one. My beautiful boy dog and my aardvark. That would be me. And then the dog would start whining like, and I go, look, he's releasing. That's right. That's what He responded to it. He loved it. And it's good not having to take him into the vet because that stresses him. He's well. Thank you. Uh, He's still a million years old, but he's all right. That's Um, okay. So Casey says, we lost our 15-year-old mini schnauzer in November to dementia. Oh, no. It's the most difficult thing, losing a beloved dog who becomes a huge part of your world and family. It does. We had to make the hardest decision of our lives, but the relief we felt for her was instantaneous. I just know in my heart or hearts we did the best thing possible for her. I cried listening this morning and my heart goes out to you and your family. Oh, Casey, that's so sweet. She then says, I had a lovely illustration done by Steph Stewart on Instagram. Hmm. I Steph, think I know that page. Steph Stewart Art. Yeah, that she does really beautiful, I think it's all pets. Oh, okay. She said she's incredible. It's proudly placed on our kitchen bench, her favourite place of the house. She sees every Sunday roast come out of the oven that way. Lots of love, Casey. Isn't that lovely? Yeah, I'd mortgage my house to save my dog. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Li- I'm on a yeah. first name. Like my vet knows my voice when I ring that place. <laughs> yeah. Um, house like, call vets don't come free. Yeah. Bruce's bloody... What I can't say that word. Pancreatitis. Pancreatitis. Yeah, they just... Um, Poor Bruce. And they're always like, well, wait till next time and do the test. And I'm like, no, you'll do the test now. <laughs> they're like, oh, it's quite expensive. I'm like, don't care. Don't miss the You'll do the now. test now. I need all the answers. Mm-hmm. I bought pyjamas for them the other day too. The dogs? Yeah. They've got fur. They don't need it. I've got. But I'm never going to ever. I argue put them with in matching pajamas and then I released them from the laundry. So Nico <laughs> wasn't aware that it was going to happen. And then they oh, both good. ran out wearing pajamas and he yelled from the other side. He was like, Oh, Chanel. And I was like, What are you doing? And he was like, Oh, for 
Uh, anyway. Do you think it's more a female thing? Like we've got a male, a, a colleague, uh, well, he's a work colleague, Richard Stubbs. He comes yeah. on um There are so show. many men and- walking around outside <laughs> this studio because the studio is still off air and many of them oh. are on hands-free and they're rubbing their foreheads and ha- or hands on hips and they, they can't all figure look it out. so stressed they about the fix. studio being, the whole radio station being off air. And what if, we just don't care. We're just doing it. And they're laughing. Like a few have walked past and been like, oh, they're, fil- they're using their phones. Uh, yeah, we are because we're dedicated. None of you are right. using your phones to get your shows back up on air so richard's partner uh who is lovely they've got a few animals in the house and he said she's always saying oh look at him look at him he's so cute and he said he reckons he can draw the animals in his sleep because he is forced to look at them so frequently i always hold my dogs up to the mirror and go that's you that's you do you know that's you oh, i say all the time who's my best boy who's my best boy who's my best boy I told. You, I think I've said before on this podcast. Sometimes I whisper into Bruce's yes, you're ear. Yes, break my heart. Yeah. No. No. I say. Do you remember when it was just the two of us? <laughs> Don't let Nico hear Nico that. goes. I can hear you. Is that our episode? Yeah. yeah. Wrap Reckon in. we're done. Our funny phone episode. We do apologise if the quality is a bit different. It's I can't wait radio to hear how this is going to sound. Off air. Kirsten's got so much work to do. Yeah, oh. she's getting a digital knitting needles out right now. If you have ever seen a dead body. We'd love to hear your story. Uh, email it through deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com. See ya. Dead Bodies is created by DD Dunleavy and Chanel Vella and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com.